0: Marquee sahaba the voice of ahlu sunnah wal jamaah Allahu ladhi la ilaha illahu al hayyul qayyum alhamdulillah welcome to another edition of business matters with me your host alamine templeton well, uh, we've had a bit of a topsy-turvy day today. Uh, the matter's not going very far. We've got old Donald Trump's uh, famous deal of the century um, unraveling in Bahrain at the moment. Got the usual assortment of uh, war criminals and wanted murderers uh, in attendance. Uh, and, uh, well, every, everyone who's uh, got a little bit of sense, which basically excludes the whole of the Congress and um and the UK Houses of Parliament uh, say that, in actual fact, it's a complete waste of time, simply because Palestine and Israel are not in attendance and are not participating. Mm. Well, at the same time, Donald Trump is kind of, like, you know, the, the the deal maker. He's the master, the king of the deal. Mm. I'm wondering if he's like, you know, he's been he's been trying all of these. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be part of like you know American business tactics. You know, it's like basically Americans uh, conduct business like they play poker. You know, so you know you've got to bluff, you've got to play yourself up, you've uh, you've got to um, you know try and uh, tell when uh, your your opponent is cheating or lying. Whereas um, you know. That's how you that's how you play poker. Whereas uh, the, uh, the 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 Chinese are busy playing chess <laughs> and wondering who this rude person is, he keeps on walking to the hall, making a noise, uh, not saying anything substantial at all, and then all then storming back out again. Um and they say, Well, what the heck is that guy doing? No, that's apparently the president of the United States. Huh? That president, United States? No. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> then the Chinese start chuckling and laughing among themselves. <laughs> okay, you so don't really need to worry about the United States all that much, you know. Uh, give him another ten years, twenty years. Will the United States still be here? Where is the United States going to go? It's going to go away. Mm, yeah, it's it's uh, it's apparently. Um, having realized that in actual fact the entire country is made up uh, almost uh, 99% of immigrants, Uh, it's uh, going to put itself, the entire country is going to put itself inside a concentration camp uh, and uh, then basically it's just going to disappear. It's going to refuse to talk to anyone uh, because they're so embarrassed that they discovered that they're in actual fact all immigrants. And uh, the United States is just going to go away. It's just not going to want to talk to anyone anymore. It's not going to have any friends. Um, and uh, no one really um can make sense of what it is anymore it 's no longer a superpower it 's now a global super problem that we just need, really need to manage. I would suggest that the primary way we need to manage the United States is to point out that the dollar is essentially a useless, worthless currency huh how much like somewhere around nine trillion rare um dollars worth of quantitative easing funny money printed money, Mugabe option economics have uh, been followed by the United States and the EU since 2008, and basically everyone is just waiting for the, uh, the house of cards to come collapsing in on itself. Well, anyway, uh, that, that, that's the international scene, a, a brief little summary of what's going on in world markets, why gold continues heading in northwards all the time, we're in $1,421.91 at the moment, and still going higher. And uh, the JSE All Share, well, it's gone a little lower today, down 0.7% uh, on 58,343.23. And uh, the Top 40 Index on uh, 52,279. Today, On uh, in other sectors on the JSE, uh, we can see that some financials uh, closed 0.82% down. Uh, they also had a rather heavy day yesterday um industrials um the the the, the basic the, the, that's where the hope in the country really needs to lie uh or down one point three nine per cent taking taken ever beating um as um, the rand well, the rand has been uh, increasing in value. Um, I don't know. I don't see why that should uh, make uh, industrials should affect industrials in any way. But as as the rand becomes more expensive, so do the values on the JSE stock exchange in, uh, like you know, in dollars and euros. And so it could be we could actually see some foreign investors uh, taking a bit of profit. Um, That that could be why the industrial well, 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 in actual fact, uh, jobs report came out today, uh, pointing out that we actually added. uh, uh, I think it was something like twenty eight thousand jobs in the in the last quarter, Hmm? compared to the United States. I was making fun of the United States in December. They only managed to add twenty thousand jobs. I was going on, and that is in a country with two hundred and fifty million people. They only put on twenty thousand jobs, and like you know, this is the great turnaround, the United States. Well, it would appear that uh, South Africa managed to put 28,000 jobs in the first three months of the year, not just one month. Uh, but then, given that we've only got 40, 47 million people living here, um, you know, we'd have to multiply that by 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. You know, so we're actually still doing better than the United States did in December. Uh, well, uh, oil is on 64 dollars six a barrel. Uh, Notting up at three, uh, basically a two and a half dollar gain since um, the tensions ratcheted up in uh, the street of Hormuz when you had uh, two tankers, uh, mysterious blast crippling two tankers. That's after another two blasts crippled tankers in May as well. Um, and, of course, the rest of the world is kind of like saying, look, it's either the United States or Saudi Arabia or Israel. Who's involved? Everyone knows that, that, that that's who's involved. Um, apparently, there's another another um, a suspect, uh, a, ponen- a potential uh, suspect, has come to the fore, and that's uh, a, a a grouping, an armed group uh, that uh, bust with uh, broke ways with the. Um, with the Iranian Revolution back in seventy nine, may um, uh, they get money from the United States? So it may well be United States funding more terrorism. Uh, it may actually have been them uh, that was responsible for all of that. Mm, interesting. Uh, so yeah, um, that's uh, that's basically the the, the tail of the table, almost done. And the most watch shares on the JC today. It's still Visual. I'm actually now starting to have a little bit of uh, looking at what are these most viewed chairs. I mean, I mean, how many, how many people are viewing chairs on the on the JSC's website uh, at any given moment? I wonder. Um, Anyway, Visual is there, still in number one spot. It's it's almost a a non-entity company. Its it's it's, its share value is three cents. Uh, It's a a property uh, company, uh, which is like, oh, you know, just kind of hold your head and and, and, and look down at the ground. Um, Property companies have been sources of corruption ever since people moved out of caves and started putting one brick or one rock on top of another rock. Yeah. No, property um, swindles have been part of human existence it, it may in actual fact be the oldest profession in the world hmm? it may actually be the oldest profession in the world uh, the property industry um, uh, far less reliable than prostitution uh, but there you have it uh, so anyway, Visual is in number one spot again today, Steinhoff in number two, uh, Sabanya the gold producer is in the third spot and D.O.D. D. Gold, the other gold producer, is in full spot. Yeah, um, what with the gold price going up through the roof, uh, as we confidently predicted more than a month ago. More than a month ago, I've been saying it for how long have I been saying that now? Mm. I I, I got something right for once. Mm. Yeah, well, i also like to point out that you know, uh, just uh, spotting a rise in the gold price doesn't mean that you're going to make money from gold. You're going to invest in gold. You've got to consider a whole host of other kind of expenses that go along with it. Like, for instance, where you're going to keep your gold. You know it's very heavy it 's very bulky um and it's um very expensive, which means people want to steal it off you so you 've got to keep it in a safe place unless you want to go to the exchange traded fund um uh SPLF or whatever it is uh, the biggest world's biggest um gold traded fund you can go buy paper and uh, that represents gold next actually, what you are doing is you're buying banknotes because that's what banknotes are, aren't they? No, they're not that. They used to be that. They used to say, I, you know, you used to have the Reserve Bank governor would sign his name and would say, I am Peter de Swart. Uh, promise to pay the bearer on demand in gold. That's what it used to say. That's what it used to it used to be the definition of a bank note. A bank note is a piece of paper that you can go and exchange for gold. So that means that the gold-traded um, exchange-traded funds, the ETFs that are trading gold, are in actual fact becoming central banks. Um, and as Bitcoin and all these other various uh, new cryptocurrencies take off, um, <coughs> reserve banks in a few years' time, may be completely obsolete. Obsolete, um, And, uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting, you know, it's if, we, if we don't start um, re our reserve bank to meet the needs of our society and our economy, it may just go away, just like the United States. I wonder where they're going to go to. Probably going to go to Mars. That's where they, they, they're planning to colonize next. Um, Anyway, uh, so, yeah, big winners on the JSC. Uh, it's, it's just with at um, uh, Commodity Producers, Anglo Platinum number one spot, uh, coming out today. Um, if you're one of those guys who likes to make a quick buck on the JSC rather than being an honest and a true investor, um, Anglo Platt, go buy Anglo because they're going to be bringing out the results next month, and they say their earnings are going to be 80% higher, 80%. Boy, what a kind of announcement to make uh, just as you're like sort of busy with wage negotiations. (laughs) No, we haven't got any money, but you're going to have 80%. And last year you said it was going to be 90% higher. It was something like that. So Anglo Platinum has seen some uh, significant increases in earnings over the last while. AMCO, I'm sure, will be greedy to get their hands on it. Um, But whether or not Joe Matunjwa is going to be able to uh, convert – um, what you call it, um, uh, member activism into into real trade union gains remains to be seen. Uh, they say it's become far more diplomatic after um, Neil Froneman gave him a bloody nose after his five-month strike at the uh, Gold Mines ended with a uh, uh, paltry little increase in salaries. In actual fact, in uh, day factor, they went backwards within we five months without any salaries. Um, and as a result of that, Neil Froneman was able to do... Um, uh, a survey on his gold mines, knowing that Sampania, after such a fire long five-month strike with nothing to show at the end of it, was going to be in the bad books of a lot of people. And so uh, he's able to kick out AMCO uh, as his majority union. Uh, so, uh, well, you know, you've won something there, Neil, but I tell you what, next year you're going to have even bigger problems. And it's going to get bigger and bigger. It's not something you can, like, sort of, um, you know, brush under the carpet. Yeah. Uh, Poles Property, Um Pulse property Oh well that sounds like um it sounds like another property investment company is in the fifth position on the JC's big winners today. The big losers, Sassel uh, leading the pack, uh, losing four uh, percent. Motus, the the car spares uh, retailer uh, also losing four percent. Trueworth Ethel Tile and Mr. Price. Sure, so uh, yeah, so that's um, uh, three uh, retailers there. Mm. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I must admit uh, the 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 job creation prospects and the business uh, activity indicators coming out today. Uh, mm, there's sort of a little bit of cheer on the on the job side. We did gain, we didn't lose at least in the three months, uh, but we didn't uh, gain all that much either. So we're kind of like basically where we were, working very hard to stay in the same spot. Yeah. Uh, the Rand uh, was firm against the dollar Tuesday afternoon as expectations of the U.S. Federal Reserve will cut interest rates as early as July continue to put the dollar under pressure. The Fed hinted that it may loosen monetary policy should the U.S.-China trade war and in, and weak inflation persist. Markets have already priced in the chance of a rate cut in July at 100%. Mm. All right, so it's a done deal, basically. Uh, London Capital Group Research Head Jasper Lawler said it's now up to the Fed to manage market expectations. Central banks have clearly made a dovish pivot. Oh, boy, the, the terms that come up with, a dovish pivot. And we don't think he will undermine that. Yeah, well, the Cetia of course. Um, uh, uh, working his jelly knees to fall in line, um, you know he, he he he's got a very difficult job, you know. It's not that he needs to meet the economic expectations or the needs of our economy. Uh, what he needs to do is try and anticipate what his boss uh, in the U.S. Fed is doing, and so he must like jiggle his jelly knees and fall down and 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 try and anticipate. He has to make his rate cuts before the U.S. Federal Reserve. I bet you there's a telephone call going on between those two companies. Mm, I bet there is. All right, so Gold's rally shows no sign of abating with prices uh, rallying afresh to a new six-week higher today as cash keeps pouring into exchange-traded funds. We recently uh, hit a six-year high just last week. In, in fact, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, we actually hit the two hundred or thousand four hundred and forty something dollars the finance ounce. Fresh U.S. sanctions on Iran, which are basically against the Ayatollah and his top six generals. Like you know, none of them. And then, and it's, uh, and it's, um, it's, it's banking uh, sanctions. So the Ayatollah and his six generals are not going to be able to, be able to access the EBA. They're not going to be able to get a new gold-plated credit card. Uh, well, Donald, I'm sure they're really going to miss that. Um, yeah. So anyway, fresh U.S. sanctions—you know, no dollar, gold, dollar cards to the to the Ayatollah on Iran, or adding to uncertainty in global markets. Oh, the Ayatollah's not going to come and buy from us today. You know, that's you know, you know, journalists—they like to like put stuff in and and, and try to explain things. And uh, and basically, I'm reading what is in essence a um a I think this is a. Uh, I think this is a a Reuters article. Um, mm, I didn't write at the bottom if it comes from. No, it's it's actually a Bloomberg article. Oh, boy. Because, you see, um, you know, talking gold, you're talking uh, currencies. Um, Well, that's Bloomberg's uh, business. 60% of all currency trades in the world happen on Bloomberg's uh, currency trading platform. Uh, So, like, you know, Bloomberg is like so much part of the market, you can't really trust what you hear out of Bloomberg. uh, Because it it can't really, in all honesty, describe itself as a journalism outlet. Uh, It it doesn't do journalism. It's part of the market. It's like um, Anglo-American coming along and criticizing and and expecting people to believe it when they criticize goldfield shares, you know. Um, um, bloomberg is uh, is a business is not and, the, and its business isn 't journalism its business is a- appearing to look like journalism in order to influence the markets and manipulate currencies and get insider trading going really well. It seems to me that basically that 's uh, really uh, bloomberg 's main uh, main uh, focus of business it 's probably written there in its founding uh, constitution um, but anyway, okay, so so they're saying that fresh sanctions on Iran. the Ayatollah is not going to get his gold credit card. Uh, it's added to uncertainty in the market. We don't know if he's going to come buy over here, you know, nice little fresh stockings and so on. Um, uh, he's not going to be buying. He's not going to be coming around. He's not going to be visiting New York, you know, in the next few weeks. It's added to uncertainty in global markets. It's bolstered. And they say, Paul uh, and Bloomberg, this is bolstered gold's appeal as a haven. Hmm. Uh, uh, fresh U.S. sanctions, a uh, fresh uh, craziness from America, rather, you should say, uh, has bolstered gold's appeal as a haven. Investors are also looking at the G20 summit this weekend, where Trump and Xi Jinping are scheduled to meet to discuss trade. Mm, yeah, well, um, it's, uh, Donald Trump is not going to be meeting a very friendly Xi Jinping is all I can say. Uh, Because old Donald Trump was saying uh, just a few, uh, just 10 days ago, yeah, if old Xi Jinping doesn't show up at the G20 summit, I'm going to slap a whole lot of more. $300 billion worth of tariffs and so on. You know, he's, he's playing good cop, bad cop. I wonder who the good cop is to Donald Trump's bad cop maybe Donald Trump actually thinks he's playing the bad co- the good cop. And old, um, um, what's a guy with a funny unpronounceable name, something or something, who's his trade representative, uh, he's supposed to be playing the bad cop. Um, but uh, he's not. He's playing the good cop because uh, he knows that Donald Trump is a very, very bad cop. In fact, he's very bad at everything, most particularly deal-making. Um, so he he reckons uh, beforehand that yeah, if she doesn't come, he's going to chuck sanctions on. He doesn't care what uh, China does, and he doesn't care. So he's supposed to be he's supposed to be the uh, the China in the bull shop. No, no, the bull in the China shop. And uh, Xi Jinping is supposed to know about these things because he comes from China. And he's supposed to be sensitive to these things. Um, but as I say, old Donald Trump is playing poker, and Xi Jinping is playing uh, chess. Mm. Yeah, so anyway, they they scheduled to meet on the, on the sidelines of the conference, um. So you're going to get everyone at the G G20 summit. They're going to be you're know, going into the room, and then as soon as Donald Trump and Xi Jinping walk out, like the whole room goes quiet, and they just kind of like sit there for like a lot like for the rest of the duration of the G20 summit, like in dead silence, waiting for some kind of news to come in out of that little coffee shop on the corner where with the Don and the Xi are meeting. Mm. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so the 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 G twenty summit is in actual fact uh, a um, a bilateral trade negotiation between the United States and China. Mm. Well, how about that? You know, the United States moving increasingly to unilateralism, now hijacking a multilateral summit in order to get its bilateral agreement with China and to the exclusion of everyone else huh and, uh, you know it has it has a certain sort of style you know like the, it's uh, similar to the to the style you know when it's a hot summer day and, and you step on something squishy on the sidewalk that 's basically donald trump 's style, yeah uh, bullion's been uh, going crazy this month because the dollar has been weakened because now the Fed has been saying we 're going to cut rates, and that always like weakens the dollar. That means that the dollar is too weak to maintain um, the economy is too weak to maintain a two point seven five percent interest rate, yeah okay, so okay, so the Fed is going to cut interest rates, other central banks are saying they 're going to be doing similar moves, including the South African Reserve Bank. Uh, so, well, you know, Lesetia is going to have to uh, start moving uh, if he wants to, like, get his interest rate in before the Fed comes in. huh? Do you think, like, uh, Lesetia, like, you know, he's sitting in his office right there at the top of the Reserve Bank in Pretoria. He, like, sort of, like, looks across in the direction in the west, looks across to the west in the direction of the U.S. Fed. I wonder if he bows down to the U.S. Fed every day. have hmm? ah, got to cut my rates before you do. Uh, anyway, he probably gets a telephone call to get told to cut the rates. Uh, so anyway, ETS backed by gold rose for the ninth straight day Monday, the highest since April 2013. In addition to the Fed's stance and interest rates, the latest worsening of us Iran relations has further contributed to the sharp rally in gold this week. Because many people are saying, okay, we've got Third World War coming along. We better um, uh, get some real money in our pockets, and only real money in the time of global war is gold and cigarettes. Uh, with the easier way out to diplomacy now off the table according to Iranian officials... Um, the rising gold prices into Tuesday has been likely been knee-jerk as the market ponders what could come next in the conflict. However, the elephant in the room, in the China shop, uh, no, that's the bull in the China shop, the elephant in the room, remains the China-US trade talks. And any deterioration into next week will shift us towards a resistance uh, there according to um, IG Asia. Um, it will result in a the gold price shooting above a thousand four hundred eighty dollars. I reckon if uh, there's if there's a deterioration in trade talks and G and Don come up with nothing, uh, they walk out of the G20 with nothing. Then I reckon it's going to go above a thousand five hundred. What do you reckon if they walk out with nothing? I see a thousand six hundred by the end of next week. All right, you know. So this is all just nonsense kind of talk, is it? Like the end of next week, and I'm wrong. Am I going to remind you? Mm. Well, why do not you remind me? Our WhatsApp number is oh eight four seven eight six three one three two, or you can also phone me on double o double one no, oh one o double o double o You can call us on that number as well, and you can hold me to account for this. So right, okay, next week Tuesday, no, the end of next week. Uh, Let's see what the gold price is looking like. Um... Chinese officials uh, this week uh, said both sides need to, to be prepared to compromise for the talks to succeed. But U.S. officials have so far maintained a hard line. Tensions in the Middle East are also rising uh, following sanctions on the Supreme Leader and his gold card. Uh, so, yeah, capital markets are shaky due to the fear of the unknowns. And this uncertainty will certainly continue to provide jet fuel for an already high-octane gold market. Um, thousand four hundred and thirty nine uh today it actually rose so it's fallen back significantly it's a thousand four hundred twenty one huh? did we say at the beginning of the show um, gold gold go what is the gold price that we read out there a thousand four hundred and thousand four hundred and twenty one dollars of finance here yeah, we've got um, different places where we keep these uh, knowledge things, you see, so I can speak about these things and sound wise and clever as though I've spent the whole day uh, sweating uh, over over news reports and analyst reports and, uh, you know, um, Googling strange words like um, amplats and so on. So anyway, gold is looking good. Anglo Platinum today, as I said, said it expects half-year earnings to rise by at least 80%, helped by an increased metal price and one-off impairments that weighed on results in the same period a year earlier. They won't be happy about the rand increasing in value, however. It says headline earnings for the six months ending in June 30 are expected to be 2.69 billion rand more than the 3.363 billion rand earnings reported the same period a year ago. Uh, It uh, reports its half year results in July, on July 22. So it gives you plenty of time to go and buy some Anglo shares if they haven't already gone up in value. But, you know, usually when when they bring out the actual results, the the share price goes up as well. So, you know, um, and then then you hold on to it. Maybe you'll be able to enjoy the same thing a little bit later in the year. But anyway, Tobias Beers Diamond Sales Plunged Again. As the country's latest offering this whole year, diamond prices have been falling, diamond sales have been falling, underlining a slump in demand from the the miners' customers who are struggling to make a profit at current prices. Uh, while this is often a quieter time of the year following the key holiday period in December, De Beers' total diamond sales for 2019 are still much weaker than in previous years. Diamond miners are facing a mini-crisis as demand remains weak while supply, especially for small and cheaper stones, is abundant. That's put pressure on polished prices, crimping the margins for De Beers' customers who cut polish and trade the stones. Mm, the Reserve Bank's leading business cycle indicator today picked up a little for April compared with March, but extended its year-on-year losing streak to seven consecutive months. The indicator rose 0.7% in April compared with March, Assigned second quarter economic activity recovered a little after a tough first quarter, That's uh, according to data from the Reserve Bank. The leading indicator is based on monthly movements in various economic indicators such as interest rates, spreads, new passenger vehicles, sold and job advertisements. It was closely as it moves in line with the current economic growth. A drop in the indicator signals a a risk of weak growth or even contraction for the economy. Five out of the ten indicators showed increases. Four showed decreases, while one remained unchanged. Uh, and employment in our country is a non-agricultural formal sector grew by 22,000 in the first quarter of the year, according to Stats South Africa today. Uh, this follows an increase of 87,000 jobs in the last quarter of 2018, but there may have been a seasonal increase, you know, to make up for, as um, shopping centers and so on prepared for December. Uh, Stats SA reported the employment increase from the 11,152,000 people working in South Africa to 10,174,000 people in March. This was uh, in March 2019. Uh, this was largely due to increases in community services, mining and quarrying, manufacturing, uh, and business services there were decreases in trade which lost 8000 jobs community service the biggest increase or 19000 jobs added the transport industry uh, lost 3000 jobs the electricity industry 1000 jobs about uh, you know uh, escom has currently got 48000 workers on its staff and it really needs to cut it down to 16000 at least it needs to lose 2 thirds of its workforce It's no wonder it is not making any money. Construction also shed 1,000 jobs. Total earnings paid to employees amounted to 688 billion rands in March 2019, according to Stats SA, which represents a quarterly increase of 40 billion rands, or 5.6%. Only half, only half of the world's population think their country is democratic. Uh, We'll come back. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Alhamdulillah. We will come back to that uh, employment message uh, after this quick commercial break. We're going to have a move across to our sponsors for a word from the marketplace. Marka Sahaba, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah. Only half the world's population thinks their country is democratic. That's according to a server by German polling firm Dahlia today. Uh, They said that many Western Europeans view banks and social media as threats to democracy, quite rightly. Uh, The survey of over 150,000 people from 57 countries found that even in democracies, 38% of people are dissatisfied with the state of affairs. So according to Nico Jaspers, the chief executive of Dahlia, right now the biggest risk for democracies is that the public no longer sees them as democratic. In the United States, with the twenty twenty presidential elections are ramping up uh, elections are ramping up, there's there's a split as to whether the country is democratic. Forty six percent says it is and forty percent say it is not democratic enough. Over half of Americans surveyed said the U.S. has had a positive impact on democracy around the world. Uh, unfortunately, this was not shared with the rest of the world. Majorities in Western countries, such as Canada and most of Europe, felt the impact had been negative. In Europe, 52% thought the EU does not act in the interests of most Europeans, with most criticism coming from Italy, France and Greece. who would have thought the U.K. would have been in there with the Brexit thing and all. Uh, but uh, maybe they didn't bother to ask the U.K. anymore because they don't consider the U.K part of Europe. <laughs> it was a German company that was doing this, you know. The survey was released a few days before the EU's 28 leaders are due to decide the bloc's top jobs in a process criticized by many for not being democratic enough. In uh, Italy, where Eurosceptic parties won last year's election and now in government, 69% thought the EU's decisions do not represent the interests of the population. Most Europeans thought banks and the financial industry have had a negative impact on democracy in their countries, with Greece being the most critical. Of course, that's because they had that whole kind of like, you know, uh, they actually had money taken out of their bank accounts. People had money taken out of their bank accounts by the EU. The government ordered that. You'll take money out of people's bank accounts. That's what they actually did to pay the government debt. Imagine, huh? Escom runs into trouble the next moment. You're under the bank. Brrr, you put your card in. Ding, 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 ding. Vooot. Yeah. that little piece of paper and spits it out. You mm. Insufficient funds. Globally, 52% of people do not feel their countries are prepared for another financial crisis. Over 40 pe- 40% of people in the USA, Canada, and Austria. I uh, feel social media, such as Facebook and Twitter, has a negative impact on democracy. So there you go. In Zimbabwe today, they, uh, they uh, last week uh, we had a, show, a shortened show, so I didn't actually have time to tell you that last week uh, Zimbabwe moved, uh, doing away with foreign currencies, no longer accepting foreign currencies, and will only accept the Zimbabwe, uh, the RTGS... I can't call it the Zimbabwe dollar. The RTGS, um, uh, which stands for some very complicated name, um, is made as, a, as basically a, a a basket of 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 currency values that they put together, and they say this is what the Zimbabwe dollar is today. Well, they they calling it the, the RTGS dollar. I think they should just call it the Zimbabwe RTGS, but maybe Zimbabwe RTGS is just simply far longer than RTGS dollar. So anyway, Zimbabwe Central Bank says that raised raises overnight lending rate to 50% from 15% to support the local currency that no one knows whose name it is, after the government banned the use of foreign currencies as legal tender. The bank also said it had put in place letters of credit to secure key imports uh, for goods like fuel and wheat, and that it will take steps to increase supply of foreign currency on the interbank, interbank forex market. Mm. well, you know what, he should actually have also um, uh, secured key imports like maize because Zimbabwe uh, has just gone through a drought, Uh, so has Tanzania, and Kenya. And uh, so that means uh, that they are desperate for maize. Um, And unfortunately in South Africa, uh, our rainy season arrived very late. I mean, boy, we had a dry September, October, November, and December. Uh, And the rains only came in January, didn't they? Uh, So as a result of that, uh, we we did have good rains after that. Fortunately, we did have good rains after that. And the good news is that uh, Cape Town's dams are now 50% full. And it's only the beginning of their rainy season. So God willing, touch wood, they should be okay. So anyway, uh, well, what does our rainy season mean for our maize? We're going to have slightly more maize. Well, no, we have the, let's just get get things right here. Uh, uh, People, pollsters are expecting us to have a slightly higher maize forecast than they were saying last month. Uh, the government's Crop Estimates Committee, which will provide its fifth production forecast for the season on Wednesday, tomorrow, is seen pegging the harvest at 10.95 million tons, up from its May estimate of 10.9 million tons. So that means there's going to be a little bit of a maize left over uh, for export. We're not going to be able to make money out of Zimbabwe's uh, perilous maze situation or Tanzania's or Kenya's for that matter. Although apparently people from Kenya call it Kenya. It's actually the British who call it Kenya. It should be Kenya. Hmm. Anyway, well, there you go. Uh, I don't... uh, the poll expects the 2018-2019 harvest will fall 12% from the 2017-2018 season, and that's because of the drier conditions earlier, or, well, uh, last year. Uh, Jacob Zuma. Uh, who has until now refused to answer specific questions on state capture during his time as office, has agreed to make himself available to the Zondo Commission of Inquiry. Oh, I will agree. Oh, you're going to throw me in jail if I don't go. Oh, well, no, well, I did say. I, I agree. I agree. I'm coming. Uh, he's not uh, saying whether or not he's going to testify or he's going to answer questions. Uh, he keeps on saying this is unfair. This is an un- unfair uh, commission. It's biased against me just because I steal money. Just because I steal money, now they want to uh, they want to hold an inquiry into me. These guys are biased against me. Ah, man, sugar. Ah, you guys, man. Huh? You come and pick on me just because I steal money and give it to my friends. Ah, you know. Huh? You know. That that is most unfair. Hey, he says he's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. This is a bias on the commission. So anyway, he's he's told that he has agreed to attend. Uh, that's after trying to get his lawyers to get the questions uh, sent to him beforehand. Um, he only has a standard four, so you know he doesn't have much. Um, he yeah, um, uh, doesn't have much uh, experience with cheating on exam papers. Uh, hmm. Well, anyway, so, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the commission told him, sorry, uh, we are not going to give you the questions beforehand. You must arrive, or we're going to send you, um, we're going to um, send a warrant. So, anyway, that's uh, the former president, former president of the country going to be dragged before the commission. And he's probably going to sit there and say, I'm sorry, I refuse to answer that question for, in fear of incriminating myself. I'm sorry, I refuse to answer that question for fear of incriminating myself. They're going to sit there and say the whole time if they do put it in, in, in the witness box. But nevertheless, it'll be worth, like, you know, that five-minute little JPEG to watch Jacobs who Zuma saying, I refuse to answer questions in case I may incriminate myself. Group 5, which was put into business rescue earlier the year, uh, that's after lenders pulled the plug. Uh, that's one of the biggest construction firms in South Africa a few years ago. Uh, says their chairperson, uh, Nonya Merko Mandini, uh, Mandindi, has resigned along with three other non-executive directors, once a stalwart of South African construction industry. Group 5 said last week shareholders are unlikely to get anything out of its business rescue process, a legal framework aimed at rehabilitating financially distressed companies. Um, Mandindi, former Chief Executive Officer Michael Upton, Edward Williams and Cora Fernandez have all resigned from the board with immediate effect, the contractor said on Tuesday. Well, that'll teach you to pay bribes. Uh, They paid bribes, now they're out of business. They didn't uh, downscale properly, kept too much capital equipment on their books, and uh, now they're in trouble because now the government refused to do business with them. Uh, shares in CAP Industrial, which counted Steinhoff as a major investor until March, have fallen to their worst level in about four years after the group warned of a decline in earnings for the year to end June. CAP, which owns industrial, chemical and logistics businesses, said last week at headline earnings the share for the full year would be down at least 20% compared to the year before. Ignoring charges of 196 million rand relating to a BEE transaction, headline earnings per share should fall by at least 7.9%. Um, so anyway, so there's cap for you. Employers at Denel. They will only receive 85% of their salaries from June. This story is no longer true, but you'll have to listen to the news in order to get any more on that. I've written the news myself, so I'm not going to go and shoot myself in the foot by, 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 by letting the cat out of the bag beforehand. Good heavens above, yet enough news on, on business matters with me, your host, Adam Ian Templeton, ahead of the time uh, without me now going and shooting myself in the foot and, 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 and giving a scoop on what I'm going to be producing in the news in just a few minutes' time. Chinese development projects in Africa must be sustainable. The government's top diplomat, that's the government, of the, the, the country, the, the Chinese government's top diplomat, is telling African ministers today as he denounced outside forces that seek to vilify cooperation by accusing China of creating debt traps. Like, you know, this is what the West has been doing, and it's amazing how many um, spineless little journalists you have in Africa, most particularly Kenya. Uh, you know they like to follow the the, the, the big boss's uh, instructions to the letter. Um, <clears throat> China, you know, is 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 a sheep compared compared to the United States, the World Bank, the IMF, and any like sort of bilateral loans that countries give to other countries, because they drive them into the poor box, and they have been driving Africa into the poor box for like four hundred years now. Uh, and really, their loans have been specifically tailored in order to drive us into bankruptcy. You must go and read that "Confessions of an Economic Hitman" by that um, uh, what is that guy's name, Jenkins? Yeah, go 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 and read his book. Go and read his book. It's old. It's old already. It's like it's, it's so nineties, you know. But nevertheless, um, it, it it gives you a good idea of how Africa got to be as it is right now. Uh, Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping pledged $60 billion to African nations at a China-Africa summit on cooperation in September, matching the size of funds offered at the previous summit in Joburg in 2015. Beijing has denied engaging in a debt-trap diplomacy, as Xi said in September, that government debt from Chinese interest-free loans due by the end of the year would be written off for the poorest uh, African nations. Interest-free loans... How many interest-free loans has the World Bank given in its entire history? How many interest-free loans has the IMF given in its entire history? None. None. Zero. Zip. Chinese state councillor Wang Yi told foreign and other ministers from some 50 African countries in Beijing that his country does not pursue selfish geopolitical. geopolitical gains in Africa and will never impose its will on others. He said China's approach to cooperation with Africa had been different to that of traditional powers as, uh, well, that's that's the West. Hmm? For some time, however, some outside forces have tried to vilify and undermine China-Africa cooperation by cooking up accusations of so-called neo-colonialism and debt traps, which are totally groundless and are not accepted by African people, Wang said. Such attempts expose a total lack of respect for Africa, lack of understanding about China, absence of knowledge about the true friendship between China and Africa that has stood the test of time. Joint projects must be sustainable, Wang said. We need to take forward project cooperation in such a way as to ensure real economic and social benefits and that respect market principles. African countries are running up debt they won't be able to pay back, including to China, should not be expected to be bailed out by Western-sponsored debt relief, the U.S.'s top African diplomat warned on Sunday. (laughs) There, you know, there's a language we know, we know so well. The IMF and the World Bank began the heavily indebted Poor Countries Initiative in 1997 to help the world's poorest countries clear billions of dollars of unsustainable debt. So far, they haven't made much progress. Wang said the world should respect Africa. The African continent is the independent homeland for the 1.4 billion people of Africa, not a sphere of influence for any major country. Hmm. Well, uh, Elon Musk, that uh, billionaire from Pretoria, who is now making it big in the United States with electric cars and um, uh, power wall units and uh, uh, solar roof tiles. Um, he's got ambitions of, of heading to Mars. Rocket Man is a one-way mission to Mars, as Donald Trump would put it. Uh, so anyway, Rocket Man, the United States' is their own Rocket Man, and no, we're not talking about Kim il young of uh, North Korea. Elon Musk, the Kim il young of uh, the United States. No, that's a bit unfair to him. But really, man, why did he ever go to the States to go and do these nice things? Why didn't he just stay at home and be nice? Hmm? Uh, you know? Anyway. Uh, so anyway, his space exploration technologies, SpaceX as it's called, launched its Falcon Heavy rocket for the U.S. military. Uh... Early today, a spectacular nighttime liftoff that must described as the company's toughest yet. The rocket and payload rumbled aloft at two hundred thirty local time from NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida after three hour delay. SpaceX then recovered the, oh, you see, African boy's got his African time on him. SpaceX then recovered the rocket's two side boosters, which flew in April as part of the Arab Sat SA mission at Cape Canaveral's Air Force Station in Florida. The center core failed to land on a drone ship in the Atlantic Ocean. Falcon Heavy is carrying 24 satellites for the space agency NASA, the Department of Defense, research labs, and other partners. SpaceX fought for the right to compete for Air Force launches, and Tuesday's liftoff marks a huge milestone for the company's relationship with the U.S. military. Oh, boy, no wonder um, they've, been, they've been doing, um, um, I, don't, I can't recall that, uh, that thing, Where they uh, they might control you, they might control you in the United States in the the entertainment industry. Hmm? What's it called? MK forty-seven or something, something like that. It's the first multi-mission, multi-payload deployment by the Falcon Heavy, and that's really exciting for everybody," said Colonel Robert Bongiovi, the director of the Launch Systems Enterprise, directed at the U.S. Air Force Space Command. Yeah, he's not a member of a rock group. The mission, known as STP-2, will place the 24 satellite in three different orbits. The payload inclu- includes an Air Force Research Laboratory demonstration and science experiment satellite. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration sponsored Constellation Observing System for Meteorology, Ionosphere, and Climate 2. Cosmic 2 and 4 NASA experiments, according to the SpaceX website. The final deployment will take place more than three and a half hours after the launch. Shortly before 3 p.m. local time, SpaceX's Twitter feed began confirming deployment of the first satellites. SpaceX set a company record last year with 21 launches for customers. Last month, the Hawthorne, California-based company set up the first batch of its own satellites, a key step towards creating a space-based constellation that beams broadband to underserviced areas across the globe. Much of the focus in 2019 has been on the first flight with humans on board. SpaceX and Boeing have contracts with NASA to ferry American astronauts to the International Space Station as part of the agency's commercial crew program. SpaceX completed the Demo One flight of its Crew Dragon in March without humans on board. But in late April, the capsule was engulfed in flames and destroyed during a test. A mishap that company will prob- that will probably push the commercial crew schedule. NASA and SpaceX are revaluing latest test dates. So there you go. So well, listen, uh, having problems um, having problems all over the place. Uh, as a result of its breakup with Reno, well, it hasn't broken up with Reno, but it looks as though it may well be breaking up with Reno. Um, Carlos Ghosn uh, arrested for um, for padding his, his salary and not declaring it to the tax man, now languishing in a Japanese jail um no actually i think they, they they did finally release him on bail and allow him to go and not bring another charge and put him back in jail again like they usually do they've done so many times with him i was most chuffed i thought to myself there you see now that's what uh without fear or favor that's how you do that's how you administer justice huh imagine that a multi-millionaire a chief executive of a multinational corporation gets chucked in jail. He gets his lawyers to release him and immediately gets rearrested on another charge and gets put back in jail. They did it, I think, about five times. They did it about five times to him. My, you wouldn't see that happening in South Africa, would you? Um, so anyway, uh, Nissan had a, had a shareholders meeting uh, yesterday. And, well, it just uh, devolved into screaming matches, but they are usually rowdy anyway. At uh, the meeting in Yokohama, bickering shareholders approved a government structure designed to boost oversight and prevent the concentration of corporate power in one individual, seeking to address the lapses that led to the rest of Gowen. Um Renault, which owns 43% of Nissan, got a bigger representation in key board committees. Chief Executive Officer Hiroto Siakawa, who got his position reaffirmed, he hinted at a potential exit in the future, emphasized the Renault alliance's value and signaled that Nissan will speed up talks to strengthen it. That's a a change of stance uh, from the past few months when Nissan insisted that getting its own internal business in order was a top priority. Postponing the talks could result in speculation and undermine the alliance's day-to-day operations and affect Nissan's recovery efforts, as Saikawa said. It is critical to create opportunities with Renault to discuss our future relationship while we continue to improve our performance. The annual meeting was marked by shareholders shouting at executives and at each other, as has become the norm for Nissan in recent years. When an ex-Nissan employee used his turn to, sp- to speak to praise Gohan for saving Nissan from bankruptcy, another shareholder told him to shut up. Some also criticized Renault and its chairman, jean Dominique Senard, who was present at the, meeting, at the meeting, accusing him of trying to assert control over Nissan. Oh, well, you know, you've just gone and fired the guy that used to be the head of Renault. The Renault head came over and took over Nissan and was managing it very well. Now you've just fired him. Um, It sounds like you're actually trying to get rid of of Renault. Uh, That's the way Renault has been feeling. And you can see it in that it's been casting about for, for other partnerships in Europe and just hasn't been able to put anything together. Goem's arrest late last year fractured the car partnership, and Nissan's failure to support a proposed merger between Renault and Fiat Chrysler automobiles this month put more strain on the pact. Saikawa reiterated, reiterated that he isn't in favor of a merger between Nissan and Renault and said an imbalance in the company's cross-shareholdings needs to be addressed. Nissan only owns 15% of its French partner, and its French partner owns 40% of it. So, anyway, they, they, they feel that. They really do. Having an alliance definitely increases competitiveness, and the challenge is how to define the alliance, said Saikawa, who was criticized by some shareholders for his handing of Nissan since Gowen's arrest. Some in the crowd called for his resignation. Senard appeared frustrated as he tried to convince the audience he was devoted to rebuilding trust. You know, they've been casting about for other partners and haven't been able to get them, so clearly, basically, they're stuck with Renault. I mean, no, 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 not when they're stuck with Nissan. Um, And so now he's here to rebuild trust, and now no one believes him. You know, the French don't trust the Japanese, and the Japanese don't trust the French. He said he did everything he could to restore the relationships in an alliance that he found in much worse condition than he anticipated when he took over earlier this year. Shareholders approve creating three board committees nomination, audit, and compensation. Renault Chief Executive Thierry Bolores will be on the audit committee and Senard on the nomination committee. Key positions at the heart of decision making. The nomination committee will be overtaken by will be overseen by Masaku Masakazu Toyota, the lead independent outside director, a majority of the new board isn't affiliated with Nissan, with new directors including the chairman of Nihon and Michelin Tire, and the former head of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Yasushi Kimura, an advisor to oil company XJXTG, will be chairman, and Senad will be vice chairman. Now you know what the Sony Interactive Entertainment. It sounds like crazy. Why would you want him on a call? But it means with these iCars coming out, the intelligence cars, AI cars, they can drive themselves. Uh, That's why Sony is on board. Enough said, I suppose. Uh, Yasushi Kimura, the advisor to oil company JXTG, will be chairman and Sanad will be vice chairman. Outgoing directors include Nissan veteran uh, Toshiyuki Ishiga, who was once Goen's right-hand man. With fewer Nissan insiders, the new board potentially could take a more benign view on any attempt by Renault to resume deal talks with Fiat. The European carmaker talks ended in early June after a last-minute intervention by the French government, which suggested the deal was being rushed and that more time was needed to gain Nissan's approval. Well, we are going to have to say... Assalamu alaikum, because we come to the end of the show. jazakumallah for joining us and make dua that whatever trading activity you got up to today will be profitable and above all, halal. Assalamu alaikum wa wa barakatuh.